Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Today, a powerhouse of an episode for you. Seven pro tips for finding a perfect work-life travel balance. Now, I know there's no such thing as perfect, but this episode is going to get you crazy close to perfect or at least feeling really good. And we're talking about remote work because I think this applies to everyone. You know, even if you aren't working remotely right now, chances are you will be at some point. And of course, with everything that's gone on in the world, the remote work movement has really accelerated. Whether you're working for yourself or for somebody else, a lot of people are going to be location independent for the first time. You're going to have the ability to work from anywhere. And as travel opens up, you know, this is a travel podcast. I know you you love travel. That's why you're listening. You're going to want to take your show on the road, right? You're going to want to travel around and work from all over the place so you can see the world and live that lifestyle. It's awesome. And maybe you're somebody who has done that or you're doing it right now. Well, you know how tough it is to find that perfect work-life travel balance. And travel specifically adds a different type of challenge. It's not just that you're working from home. When you're traveling, you want to experience things. You want to get out there and and do the things that you want to do. So you're trying to figure out how you can have those travel experiences, but still either grow your business or do the work that you need to do for your employer, whatever the case is. So that's why I brought on two of my friends who have been nomads for many years and they've done it independently on their own and now they've been doing it as a couple for a while and they share seven impactful and actionable tips. I mean, tips isn't even a strong enough word because they're condensing all of these years of experience into this show to help you and there are several counterintuitive approaches that you're going to hear in this list. Number seven is a beautiful exercise that they do regularly that anyone can do. And I plan on starting to do this with my wife. They talk about how to avoid setting yourself up for disappointment, why doing absolutely zero research about a destination can make for such an amazing travel experience, the best food spot in the world, and much more. So you see we're mixing in all three elements there, the work, the life, and the travel to get you that balance. So you're going to dig it. We're going to get into that. Right now, I'm also going to give a shout out to somebody in the community and I'll share with you a little quarantini I've been making lately and a bit of a story around that because I'm wondering if this is something that you've been doing as well. So let's get into it now, shall we? Strap in, buckle up. Thanks for being here and... 
Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience as you heard at the top. Whoa, we've got an incredible show for you today. And the great thing about my guests are they're amazing people, super kind, generous, fun, and and travel is at the core of what they do, right? They love to see the world. They're living all over the world. They've been doing it for many years because they're like us. They want to explore. They're curious. They want to take in the world. They don't just want to sit behind their laptops and work. So trying to find that balance is always tricky for the traveler, you, right? This isn't just that you're not the typical sort of person working from home. You're the person that wants to go around, see the world and, and, and do all these things. And not everybody wants to live on the road like that for whether it's, you know, a long-term type of trip, months at a time, years, whatever the case is, chances are if you if you love to travel, I'm sure you do because you're already listening to this, but if you have the ability to travel and take your work with you, you're probably going to take advantage of that. And even if you already have, I'm telling you, there are going to be some very enlightening things that you're going to hear in this show. And these, some of these things for me were uh, gentle reminders. Others I had never even thought of before. Like I said at the beginning, these are some counterintuitive approaches that they have taken. And it was a joy to record. It's a longer episode, but that's because there was so much value in it. I didn't want to stop the conversation. And I'm even going a step further. I'm doing a bonus episode based off of this after I, I got off the call with them. I was so pumped up. I wrote down my list of 10 essential tools you need for remote work success. Now, these are specific apps and software services that I use and just some thoughts around that. And this bonus episode is part of Premium Passport. If you haven't become a member yet, you have one week left. If you go to zerototravel.com slash premium, you have a week to become a founding member, I should say, and get the lowest price is ever going to be. You're going to be able to support the podcast. You're going to get access to exclusive content, bonus episodes, like I just mentioned. Uh, you have direct access to me. There's a whole Q&A area if you want to ask any questions, and I'll answer them all. And it's a private podcast feed and community. It's it's an awesome thing and super easy. You just sign up over at zerototravel.com slash premium, and you become a founding member. It's five bucks a month for this special introductory period. And then you can support the podcast. You just get an email, you make two taps, and you add this private feed on your podcast app, and that's it. Then you have access to exclusive content, bonus episodes, and much more. So check it out, zerototravel.com slash premium. If this show has helped you in any way, travel, helped you in your life, whatever, you have one week left to become a founding member, and you'll also get access to the archives, 300 plus shows, and so much more. You can read all about it at that link, zerototravel.com slash premium. Don't be shy now. Come on over and <laughs> join us. Okay. Thank you. Now let's slip and slide into this interview. You're going to get these seven tips. 
And stick around on the back end. I'll share with you a little bit about my quarantini and uh, a little shout out to somebody in the community who left me a voice message the other day. And I'm so stoked for them because I got some cool stuff going on. So we'll share that at the end as well after the interview. So stick around for that. And I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Enjoy the interview. So excited to welcome my favorite nomad couple of all time. Yes, we made it out there. <laughs> Jeremy and Kelly. Jeremy runs a podcast production company called counterweightcreative.co that helps creative mavericks develop podcast strategies that make marketing feel effortless. And Kelly is a freelance web designer and brand strategist at kellyclawscreative.com. I know she's awesome to work with because uh, we work together. And I want to welcome you guys both to the Zero to Travel podcast. Welcome, my friends. Yay. Yeah. Thanks thanks so much for having us, Jason. (laughs) So excited to have you. Well, Jeremy, you were on the show a while back i just looked it up it was it was something like how to how yeah what it takes to go location independent and you were just starting out with your location independent journey you quit your job you took your business on the road and i think this was even before you guys had met yep right Uh, so we had we had actually met online through location indie and we had actually worked together. And actually, you know, when I remember, I have distinct memories of talking to both of you when we did that interview um, on Zero to Travel. Uh, I remember being at the same house set that I was at when I was working on the first big project with Kelly. Oh, um, she was doing design for an ebook that I'd written and editing it, um, the editing the text. And uh, and so I think that was both within the same couple of weeks or m- maybe even on the same day. So, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> How long have you guys been traveling together? Three, oh. It'll be three years next month. Yeah, three years in a month. Yeah, three years, and that's three years full time nomading, right? Like not having a yeah. home, traveling around, living all over the world. I've been nomading for five years. I just had my five year anniversary. Yeah, and I'm well. My thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my five years will be in uh in this fall and yeah. then so yeah we, we each did two two and a half on our own and then now we're at three that's actually crazy i hadn't thought about that that now we've been traveling longer together, together longer than we had than... uh independently Aww. yeah oh, that'll give us some good stuff to work with i think the the traveling as a nomad couple versus traveling oh independently. yeah mm-hmm. huge difference <laughs> yeah well i do want to talk about the whole nomad lifestyle because it's Obviously, you're just living your life, but you're living it all over the world. And that is a different way to live, certainly. I know we talk about it a lot on the show. And I do want to get into that. But I think as remote work has exploded, as you guys know, with COVID and everything that happened with the pandemic, I really don't see a lot of these companies going back to the standard model. I think it's just accelerated remote work like crazy, which... It makes me think that in the next, say, you know, 18 to 24 months when vaccines get distributed a bit more and all that good stuff, people are going to start traveling and taking their work with them more, right? And that's why I thought this was a good opportunity to share seven pro tips from you guys for finding the perfect work-life travel balance and prefacing this with the idea that there's really no such thing as perfection. 
But obviously, you can hear you guys have a ton of experience working and traveling, doing it independently as individuals and doing it together as a couple. So I think you're going to have a pretty powerful list. I don't know what the list is. I'm excited to kind of get into it. And we're also going to talk a little bit about some of your favorite destinations and some travel stuff too, of course. But before we get into all this, I I just wanted to ask you guys a a really intense question, if that's okay. (laughs) Tell me about the last date you went on. (laughs) Oh, uh, that was Thursday. So we have this is, uh, this we is might have to reorder things, the list Jason, here. You're but, blowing uh, our list. Yeah. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. I we, tapped we can... into the list? <laughs> yeah, that's very intuitive of you. Mm-hmm. So we actually started this uh, only only here. Just so we're here, currently yeah. in, in Belgrade, Serbia. We've been here maybe six weeks or so. And right around, it was in the first couple of weeks uh, being here. And we've started doing uh, what we call date day. Where... No, this is Jeremy's idea. We didn't just start that's true. doing Which it. Which actually I, I stole from... Um, I I don't know if your your listeners or if you are aware of Austin Kleon, uh, the author and an artist. Um, he's written uh, "Steal Like an Artist" mm-hmm. and "Keep Going" and "Show Your Work." Yep. Those are the his three books. Uh, I have them slightly out of order there, uh, but he around the new year I stumbled across one of his blog posts that was uh, I think it was a hundred things that made 2020 awesome or something like that. And so then I started uh, doing my own list and I came up with 75 things and I think Kelly did her own list of things just like oh, yeah. things from the past year that were were great. And one of the things that he talked about in his list was I think like lunch dates or like going to the movies in the afternoon with his wife on weekdays and things like that when the kids were at school. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Like, yeah. and, and I totally see why, how that would be something you would look back on at the end of the year and been like, that made this year awesome. Like going whenever, when we were supposed to be at work, just mm-hmm. like going off and having lunch and like ha- making a date of it. And so we started doing that uh, here. And so every Thursday we'll go out for lunch and have some drinks. And um, I mean, like we'll order in it quite a bit. We're still in, uh, you know, COVID, but here the weather's been nice enough that we've been able to eat outside on some patios here lately. And um, it's, yeah, stuff is pretty open here. So. Yes, yeah, stuff, stuff is yeah. pretty open here compared to a lot of other places. Um, but obviously that's something that we'll, we'll continue doing um, not well not even more but like we will yeah. probably continue doing elsewhere yes after middle this, of but, the day thing and yeah. it's also we go to a different place that we haven't yeah. been to before yeah and it's it's really cool i've been just thinking about this like how else i look forward to it all week like mm-hmm. from monday it's like oh is it thursday yet and which is kind of cool because it's not about like not it's not looking forward to the weekend or like not wanting to do work it's like something that it's not about avoiding work or or getting away from something you don't want to do kind of like the weekend is if you're working a job you don't like it's about something that's like so great that you like it's it's just worth looking forward to in its own right and thursdays always feel it feels like the weekend starts like two days early almost this is so funny and we'll be telling about our personalities because jeremy always has to tell me it's thursday it's date day (laughs) and i'm always like crap i didn't i didn't plan for this which i'm like so happy it's date day but i have to rearrange my (laughs) schedule because i've like screwed around the rest of the week and then i'm behind (laughs) on the li website so I gotta... <laughs> uh, it's hard to be behind when I haven't gotten you what you need. <laughs> true, true. You said it. But that's a separate conversation. Yeah. Um, all right. So that means like Wednesday is the new Friday, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, for at least the way that I structure my schedule, I try and do, I do have some calls on Thursday, late uh, Thursday afternoons, but really Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my like really call heavy days. 
And because we're in Europe, as you are as well, uh, so I know you you deal with this as well, like a lot of calls with people in North America just end up going really late. So uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, oftentimes I'm like just exhausted after getting off of, you know, there's like five calls per day and the last one finishes at 9 or 10 p.m. And so then Thursday, that's another reason why like Thursday is great is it's kind of I don't schedule calls really Thursday and Friday. Um, and then we've got date day. So it, yeah, it feels like it's just all downhill after like hump day in the middle of the week. And then it's just like easy, yeah, easy this, riding. Yeah, uh, this is the funny thing. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we're in, we never know what our Wi-Fi situation is going to be. And here in Serbia, it's a little sketchy. Yeah. Like our apartment doesn't have the best Wi-Fi. And also our workspaces, we don't have separate, super separate workspaces. So we can't do calls at the same time, which means Jeremy's got all his calls Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I have all mine Thursday, Friday. Friday, and that's why I that's day challenging. Is a little stressful uh, for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just that's something that I I'm, don't think a lot of people would think about. That you'd have to, yeah. you know, if you're traveling with somebody based on your Wi-Fi connection, you might have to split up. You might have to oh, work absolutely. together to split up your work, even if you're not running a business together. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, we have a shared Google Calendar where where I can see all his meetings, so I can like ske- you know, schedule around, around them. Around yeah. That yeah. well, that's a good tip too kind of stay yeah on the that same is a good tip page yeah. right yep is that a bonus yeah. tip or is that online all right so all right bonus. i don't want to get yeah <laughs> bonus tip okay shared google calendar the first bonus tip early on in the episode no actually my wife and i have a shared google calendar as well and it, it is super helpful so we can put you know certain things that you know this person's going to you know play music or this person's going to do this or whatever and, and it's like okay i can plan around that. Uh, so I, I didn't want to blow up your list so early and maybe we reordered <laughs> it a little bit, but since we covered date night and you, you alluded to the fact that that's on the list, is that a, should we make that our, our number one pro tip? Is it, is it, what is, what is the actual tip? Is it have a date night or have your own date night for yourself if you're on your own or yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think the, we kind of did put date day down as one of the tips, but it was more tied into like having rituals um, and things that are non-work related. And, and maybe, you know, some of these rituals probably could tie into work as well. Um, I know one of the other things that I do is, well, at least I aspire to do this every week, is to um, take Friday afternoons off to do a, a weekly review and kind of just wrap up things that are. So that's like a work-related ritual um, where it's not like client work. It's not... Um, like do, catching up on all these things that I've been procrastinating on. It's like, and actually taking the Friday afternoons off from like, you know, Thursday and Friday morning actually makes me work harder and, and more efficiently rather than kind of like coasting into the weekend. It's kind of like, I got to get everything done by Friday uh, afternoon so that I can like take that time off to kind of unwind and just like look at what happened this week and, and plan for next week and be able to take the weekend off and not think about work kind of. Um, so I, I know that that's for me having rituals, whether they're personal or or work related has been really helpful. And you actually mentioned there uh, do, going like making a date day for yourself. And this is something that I've done when I was uh, traveling on my own was I didn't have it quite as routine of like every single day of the week um, that or, or every like, you know, Thursday or whatever it is that I would go do that kind of like self date. Um, but I did schedule those fairly regularly. And those were always like real highlights for me of I think I would like journal a lot of the time or uh, do something that I was just more reflective, maybe and personal and like go out to a, and maybe a nicer restaurant than just getting street food or something like that. And that was always like a nice break in the, the midst of everything. Day? No, like, it would be like a dinner. Oh, oh okay. or a lunch. Yeah. Got it. 
Kelly, don't yeah. shame him for taking a whole day. No, I, I'm impressed. How dare you? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I've just never done that. That's impressive. Yeah, I think one of the things no. with with um, having rituals is that it breaks up your week. So, like, mm-hmm. for for me, sometimes I can't remember what day it is because, like, you know, I mean, I guess this is true for everybody right now. You're just at home all the time, you know. Um, and the nature of my work, like, I don't have a ton of calls. And my clients aren't like, it's not really a Monday. It is Monday through Friday, but it's not like every Thursday we have a staff meeting. And every, you know, there's not that kind of structure for my my work. So I like having, like, a, some rhythm to the week. It makes it kind of breaks it up. Yeah, and I think that that's true. Like, even... I remember like at the start, I think both of us and most people, I think when they first go remote, depending on your situation, um, if 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 you're working for a company, this might be a little bit less. But if you're working for yourself at the start, a lot of times you're working, you know, at least a little bit, probably seven days a week. Oh, yeah. um, and so, yeah, it, it does like help break up the days and keep some kind of cyclical nature to it, which is kind of nice for recharging and and kind of keeping your bearings yeah i mean it also depends on where you are in the world like when jeremy and i met we were in when we met physically met we had met met each other on the internet before a couple years before but we met in istanbul so we were what eight hours ahead of all my clients so that meant that we would our our days were shifted so we would get up and get to that we had a co-working space at the time so we'd get to the co-working space at like two in the afternoon and stay there until three in the morning three in the morning and then you know go home sleep whatever and then come you know i I, like so our days were completely shifted you're just like it was like time vertigo Mm -hmm. we just didn't know where we were when we were and and we worked seven days a week it was a lot of fun because you know we were a new (laughs) little couple mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's fun but it also made no sense like we didn't know what day was what yeah right. so having some rituals yeah. kind of gives you that yeah yeah i think these well this is a wonderful tip and i think it also obviously applies to people that are working at home right now as well no, uh, you sure. mentioned creating the rhythm if you're working for yourself or some people even working for an employer and working from home it, depending on the nature of your job you might have to create your own rhythms or if you're mm-hmm. yep. within the rhythms of of the company then you got to look w- where the gaps are and find these times to to i think plan in like you said a date day or i, I this is a good reminder for me too i oftentimes i don't feel like it would help for me if i just put this on the calendar right just be like hey yeah. you know <laughs> not just have it in my head but like hey mm-hmm. the second half of thursday or whatever I just hang out and play guitar and it doesn't matter what's going on. That's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it could be super helpful to just lock it in. Yeah. And I mean, like some of our, depending on what we have going on, some of our, our date lunches are like an hour long. Like they're pretty quick. Like it's, it's, it's not about the taking the whole afternoon off. It's just about like carving out that one hour and like enjoying that. And like you can have a really nice lunch in an hour and it's still, you know, it's a nice kind of um, thing to look forward to in a breath of fresh air. And then some of them are, you know, maybe two, two and a half hours where we like maybe go for a walk as well or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like last week was just amazing weather out. And so we like sat in the park uh, or this terrace in the park for longer than some of the other ones where it's been like cold out and we've been sitting on a, a patio under like the heaters and kind of are like mm-hmm. ready to get home and go back to work. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's always about like 
carving out this huge amount of time that uh, feels undoable. Like most of us could take an hour um, on yeah, you a gotta given eat day. anyway. Yeah, to, uh, you know, it's just yeah. doing that in like a fun, yeah. fun kind of environment. I mean, the other thing about that is that it, as travelers, it makes you sort of pay attention in a different way when you're walking around. When you know you're gonna, you need to find a place for Thursday date, day mm-hmm. lunch. You walk around thinking, like noticing different patio restaurants that, you know, you could eat at. And yeah. so you just kind of notice things in a different way, which is really nice when you're in a, a new place. You're not in your like, you know, wherever you live. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose even if you are, it could be an opportunity to, hey, we've never walked that trail at the local mm-hmm. state park. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should take our yep. coffee yep. And, and go on that walk that we've never done that we've talked about for the last five years or whatever doing. Yeah. <laughs> Setting up the rituals is really about just creating an opportunity to get away and and committing to it, which is super important. It's always easy to fall into the trap of, hey, I'm away, so I'm not getting anything done. When in fact, I find that the best ideas and the best insights come away from the screen, Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. A lot of times. Yeah. I mean, maybe not every one, but it's it's just super helpful. All right. So one, rituals. Okay. We got one. I'm going to cross <laughs> yeah. that one off. There was that one. Okay. We so keep jamming on that, one... but I know it's going to reveal more stuff. I don't want to <laughs> impede on the list. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this this one was the original first one, and it's actually mine. It's not really Jeremy's because I don't think he ascribes to this. But <laughs> so when I first started traveling, I had like spreadsheets, and I had like very I had plans, right? And then I I never did all the plans, and I was always really disappointed, and I felt like I'm doing it wrong. I'm, I'm I suck at traveling, and I'm wasting this opportunity. So now I don't plan at all, like almost at all. I make sure we have a place to live, and that's kind of it I, I never research a place before I go except for the basic stuff it's not like I go in your research consists of are there specialty coffee shops yeah basically <laughs> and and during non-covid times like is there a co-working space yeah you know um but yeah I care that there's you know I mean I care that it's a safe neighborhood but I don't like make a list of things that we're gonna do while we're there places to see or like places to eat or whatever because I just feel like it sets me up for disappointment and also I think a lot of things are not as good when you see them in person when you've seen them on yeah Instagram or Pinterest or whatever Um, and then you get there and you're like oh that wasn't as cool as in the photo or it wasn't Mm -hmm. as romantic as in that blog post you know I don't plan I basically, normally we kind of make some friends, we get to know some people and they tell us what to do. And then we go do those things or we wander around, we walk a lot and we just kind of happen upon stuff. And then you're surprised and you find like cool things that you didn't know existed that you wouldn't have found otherwise. It feels like a truer kind of experience of travel that you wanted from the get go Yeah, for me when I don't plan. And I think like this ties into the the work life balance because um, we didn't really so pre pandemic we spent typically a month in a place which feels like a lot of time at first because you know we had both come from you know traveling much quicker at times where you might spend a few a days in a place, in a place or, or yeah or a day in a place and you're just moving around a whole country seeing as much as you can in your three weeks that you're there your month that you're there and so for the past 
two years, we'd spent a month in one city at a time, um, which feels like a lot of time going in. But still, when you're working full time, basically, you have maybe three weekends um, and maybe it's only two, like maybe it's like yeah. you get there the one weekend you move in, then you have two weekends in between and then your final weekend, you're like wrapping everything up to try and get prepared to leave, um, that next week or whatever it is. And so that's not that much time. That's like, you know, maybe four or six or at most eight days to go see and do things. And so it wasn't it's really exhausting. A, yeah. And, and so you feel like you can't take a weekend off because there's just like so little time to go see everything and so when you and you have a huge list because anywhere you go has more than like eight things to see yeah and so i think part of that like not building that list up of everything you need to get to helps just take some of the pressure off and i know for us it was like a revelation when the pandemic hit and we had uh we were in edinburgh for five months and i mean a lot of stuff was closed as well so we couldn't go see things that way as well but it was like oh this is what it feels like to just lay around at home on a Saturday and like watch Netflix and go read, for a walk, read a, book. read a book. And it was like, oh man, I didn't realize how much I'd been missing this for the past four years. Yeah. And because it just feels like you you have you have all these things on your list and you've seen them on Instagram or whatever, or people are back home are telling you, oh, are you going to go see this or oh, are you going to go see that? And you're just like, well, I got to go see everything. And so, yeah. yeah. You feel guilty if you don't. You feel yep. like a jerk. Because <laughs> yep. you know, everyone's at home like wishing you know uh, not everybody but like a lot of people express some like envy over mm -hmm. the, w how we live our lives and so you don't want to like be the jerk who doesn't appreciate it who just lays around and watches netflix on a saturday but man it's so nice sometimes yeah to do that so that's kind of a, a sub tip of number one is yeah, stay I, longer yeah i feel like staying longer especially if you're working and and also yeah, just like not setting, lowering your expectations. And I know one thing for me that I have kind of unintentionally developed this habit is like, is almost being intentional about always leaving something that I wanted to see for yeah. next time. Yeah. And so, and I just have like embodied that where I'm and internalized that where I'm just like, you know, I don't need to see everything. Like I want to leave something for next time so that there's some reason to come back if I, if I like the place. And so there'll be like something that's on my list that I'll be like, ah, yeah, you know, I'd like to see that, but I'm going to leave that one for next time. I don't want to do all the great things this first time around. And, you know, we've been to enough places now that we're not going to go back to all of them. Yeah. But it's kind of nice to know that there's like something unfinished there, that there's still like that spark uh, mm -hmm. of like curiosity and like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't get to do that last time. So I'm really excited to go back and not just like relive the same experience, but go have a new experience. And which has actually happened a bunch of times. Like I've been to Scotland a couple times now, Croatia, Portugal. Um, yeah, this whole year has Turkey. been a yeah. A second wind for Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to none of these yeah. countries that we've been to this year, and he's been to all of them. Yeah. I think, okay. Serbia. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. about destinations more, of course, and 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 because you've spent serious time in these places, so that's something we definitely gotta gotta chat about on the back end of this list. I love that tip because it's counterintuitive, right? Don't plan, and it, like you said, Jeremy, too, it reframes things as far as like things that were left undone you could look at them as oh i didn't get to do all these things or you could be like hey i've got these things to go back to it's just a different way to say it and kelly you know what you were saying this guilt of not wanting to waste this opportunity but really not planning then you don't have expectations and i just like what you said about i don't know maybe there's a zen element to that way of travel right there's more of the fresh surprise and less of the oh i have this I've already conceptualized what this experience is going to be like before I've even visited it, whether it's a site or whatever, as opposed to just 
either stumbling upon it or just deciding at the last minute to go and not doing a lot of research and, and it's just super fresh right yeah mm-hmm. like so we, we went to edinburgh i knew of edinburgh as a place i knew they had the fringe festival i knew it was an old city i had never intentionally looked at pictures of edinburgh and so we got off the train and like it was a wonderland. Yeah. I had never <laughs> okay, cool. imagined these things before. And the first yeah. time we went to the castle, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And because that's like, cool. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I feel like, you know, after five years of travel full time, you would think that it would get old, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this is a, a way that I keep it from getting old. Yeah. You know. uh, we had the same experience in Riga when we were there oh, last Riga, year. Riga, yeah. And Tallinn. And, if I had seen yeah. the, the architecture in Riga before we went there, I think it would have been like, whatever. Yeah. It was like jaw-dropping. Jaw-dropping. <laughs> yeah. Just an incredible... Anyone listening, don't look it up. Just buy the <laughs> ticket. Just go there. Just go there and walk around the old town and gawk at it. You actually have an opportunity to not look at things, right? You, you think with the mm-hmm. internet, it's just the natural inclination is to look things up, check out some pictures, mm-hmm. research. Oh yeah. my gosh, what an opportunity to not look <laughs> and to just be yeah. totally <laughs> surprised when you get there. That's that's. Yeah, really I mean, cool. I stopped. <laughs> yeah, I stopped. I stopped reading travel blogs. I stopped. Forgive me, Jason. I don't really listen to many travel podcasts <laughs> because I don't want to spoil. I, I like for me for me I, I think in the beginning it was really exciting to plan and I wanted to like you know you spend so much time planning for the big trip or for you know leaving your job or whatever like that can be a driver and I think it really has value to to read the blogs to listen to the podcasts, to look at Instagram and all that totally a, a valuable thing to do for me in the beginning I needed it for sure but now at this point in my sort of travel life uh, it it takes away from the experience for me. So I just cut that out. Yeah. And I think like there's a change that happens to if you're when you travel full time, you realize that you have time. Mm-hmm. And so it, it stops being this like I only have so much time. So I yeah. need to hit all the highlights. And it's more about like, OK, I want to experience a place and I don't need to hit everything in this like year or six months or, or one month trip or whatever it is. And so I think that shift in mindset when you're just like, no, like, you know, I I have the ability to travel. Um, whether or not, you know, I'm working remotely for a company or I'm on my own business or whatever that is. So like, and whether or not you travel full time or just have the ability to, and choose to, to spend, you know, most of your time at a home base, just knowing that that is open to you takes so much of the pressure off to like need to make every single trip count to like the utmost. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Uh, I, I will insert a friendly reminder here that audio is safe guys, cause you don't see any pictures. That's true. That's very true. You can still listen to this. You can still listen to this podcast. <laughs> Let Jason paint you a word picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, you can edit that out if you want. I'm kidding. It's totally fine. Okay. Uh, all right. That's a great tip. I love that. Let's go to your third Next tip. tip. Number okay. three. Number three. Number three. Okay. So I would say this, this is one of more of mine. And yeah. so this is like having a defined workspace. Um, de- so that might be different depending on uh, what your setup is. I know for us, actually, when we first met in, in Turkey was the first time that uh, I had ever joined a co-working space. And I don't know if you had before no, that had, as well. You had a little bit as well, times, yeah. but that was like a completely 
transformative experience for me. And largely the, I, the reason I did that was because our internet was just so horrendous. Yeah. At, well, and there was no workspace. There was, there was no, no workspace at our, yeah, at our apartment and the, the internet was completely unusable. Um, so it was kind of uh, a necessary um, kind of option there. But I know for me, currently where we are right now, we're, we're working at home, but we have a kind of like loft area. That's the workspace. And then the living room downstairs is more the living space um, and the kitchen and everything. So that's really nice. But um, I think for me, having that separation of, of work and the rest of life has become like an essential part of, of maintaining work-life balance where you can, you know, close the door at the end of the day or come home from the, the workspace and just shut off work and be in kind of just normal living mode then. Yeah. And uh, I mean, also, I know both of us said at, uh, especially at that one in, in Istanbul, I think now it's just become more something that we become familiar with but you are so much more productive when there's other people working around you and you're like scrolling on Facebook and you feel guilty about it or yeah. uh, like you know watching hockey highlights like I would do sometimes I like always would do that at home and I would never do it at the co-working space I'd be like no I don't want people to think I'm not being productive when really who cares, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. but there is that kind of like pressure of other people are being productive and working so I probably should too and so well, and when you are paying for a workspace, yeah. you're just more productive there. Like yeah. I got to, I need to work a couple, two, three extra hours to afford that workspace mm -hmm. during the month, which doesn't sound like a ton, but it's a driver during the day to like get those, you know, get that project, get the, yeah, yeah. get your work done. And I mean, also too, like this is true in a, a number where, uh, that we've been at where there is a, like the, the co-working space closes at a certain time every day, yeah, which is always annoying. Like we would much prefer a like 24 seven, um, access co-working space, but they're like, we were at one in Lisbon that closed at 8 PM every night, which was kind of a nice, like push to like, okay, we got to get everything done by eight. And then, yeah. cause we have to be out mm -hmm. and then, you know, our, our Wi-Fi is okay at home, but it's not great. Um, and so it just, there's that like defined end to the day and some added pressure to like get things done. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by us bank. Recently I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes. We have taco Friday in Norway, not taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds 
so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there. And that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself. And that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Yeah, well, and in Lisbon, we we were staying, uh, we were staying up by the castle, and it was like ugh, the longest walk uphill. And so we had to leave the co-working space at eight, get some food, because we didn't have any food at the house ever. <laughs> and then we had to walk for like 30 minutes uphill. And by the time you get home, you don't want to work, you know. So you need, it creates, I don't know, in Lisbon specifically, it created this like separation between like workday and the rest of your life, you yeah. know, which was nice. Yep. Nice. So workspace, that's tip number three. That is a physical separation, right? That you're yep. defining, yep. but there's, yeah, just having that separation is huge. I, I love that I don't have to have my desk in my bedroom anymore right now. <laughs> I always have my bedroom. All right, cool. Let's go on to the next one. So this one was routines. Yeah, so I, I feel like this is one that this is, um, is kind of separate from rituals and more on like a daily level. Um, and it's really interesting to us that as we travel, our routines often seem to shift with each place. They become entirely different. Yeah, totally different. But I think that there's some things that it, it's important like to, to be open to that flexibility. That And that's one of the fun things, the things that defines places for us. It's like, oh, we like went to that coffee shop to like write every morning or something like that, where that was part of the routine there. And somewhere else, it was like, something else where there was this uh, embedded routine like one thing in in edinburgh when we were there is i went on like a long walk over this uh, ridge line that overlooks the city every single morning and that's like one of my favorite memories of being there was this like first thing in the morning on the way to the co-working space i would walk this kind of like wildernessy that's still in the city uh ridge line and um the first thing in the morning and so that was like a core part of that routine that can't really exist anywhere else but mm -hmm. I, so i think it's important to like embrace those routines and also have like some that uh, somewhere there's some flexibility around them and others that are through lines because I think so much changes as you go from place to place and there's yeah. different languages and you live in different neighborhoods and some things are easier and some things are harder and so having some kind of like foundation that yeah, you can coffee shops for me yeah. that's why I make sure that we live within a few blocks of one really great hippy dippy not no not hip, hippie, hipster hipster, hipster. Yeah. <laughs> what's the word for that a hipster coffee shop i want like a a seriously great coffee experience every single day and i want to sit there and like feel like a writer even though i'm <laughs> not a writer um yeah and i want to do that everywhere that we are which can be really impossible to do in some places but i mean god now there's great coffee everywhere, Yeah, I feel like. So um, for me, that's part of my routine that makes me feel like I have some control, uh, a little, just a little bit more control over my day and my week is like having a great coffee shop. Yeah. And then I think that it also extends into like the, your actual work day for me is like, I think the big one, because I, th I think especially when you're somewhere where the time zones are out of whack, I think you, at least for me and my personality type, I feel like I need to be really diligent. Otherwise work just bleeds over into personal time, especially in the evenings. And so 
what I do here when while we're in Europe or somewhere where like people aren't awake yet uh, in terms of clients and team members and things like that is I don't check email for the first half of the day and I work just purely on my kind of personal projects and things like that. And then uh, I'll check email once uh, around like 1 p.m. usually uh, for the day and I'll schedule emails to go out throughout the day then. And then I'll check in once at the end of the day before I sign off. Um, and then that's kind of it. And being really diligent with like, these are my my personal work hours. These are my client work hours. And then I'm off and I don't check email or um, or anything like that in the evening because people are still online working there. Um, but I've just kind of set up the routine to uh, to not allow that kind of bleed over. Um, and this has been something that I think takes, you kind of have to level up your mindset in terms of- And have a fight with your girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> of like, um, <laughs> like expectations of what, what people expect from you in terms of clients and like whether or not they you really need to respond within five minutes every time someone emails you or even within the same day um and so i think that that has been one of the big things um that keeps it's like a constant challenge like you if you don't maintain that it will always like slip back in and you'll get back in the habit of checking email late at night and responding to clients because like there's always going to be things that feel urgent but just kind of um continually enforcing that through habit and routine of like no i'm i'm just not going to look at email after a certain time or, or outside of these defined times i'm not going to leave it open uh, and so that for me has been just shaping my routine throughout my work day of having defined periods and time blocks for different things which has helped maintain a lot of that balance because yeah especially when you're working from home traveling working weird hours there's just so much opportunity for things to all bleed together and uh, there'd be no boundaries yeah and i feel like uh in the beginning uh for me and and i think definitely for you jeremy feeling like there's a bit of like you feel bad that you know your clients are all wherever they live and you're off mm -hmm. they imagine you imagine they imagine you're just skipping around like i don't know drinking grappa and you know <laughs> i don't know skipping through castles and stuff right. like that's not what our life is like but you feel like your clients think that you're you're being irresponsible and not focused on them right so then you to compensate for that you're just available all the time mm -hmm. all the time jeremy and i were in columbia a couple years ago and it was so jeremy's canadian and i'm american and it was thanksgiving american thanksgiving. american thanksgiving <laughs> Did you know there's a Canadian Thanksgiving? There is. Anyway, uh, but it's like a month before or something. And it's not a big deal in Canada. It's not like the big deal that it is in America. And so he was like, had deadlines over Thanksgiving. And Jeremy's got a team and they're mostly Americans. And I was like, huh, what are you doing? You can't make them work over Thanksgiving. And he was like, what do you mean? It's not a big deal. And we had, it was partly about, me thinking he wasn't managing his team right sorry but also um i wanted to spend thanksgiving with jeremy you know and like not work and he was just not aware uh, you know just not aware of that dynamic there yeah. and how important it was to me because i'm away from my family you know you can you want to i don't know make your own experiences in the way that you can when you're somewhere else and um and so that was like, I feel like was kind of a defining fight that we had where I I forced him. I sort of laid down the law and was like, no, no, you're going to put some boundaries up here. You're going to say, I can't do this until Monday. <laughs> you know, to, there was a client thing that needed to get done. Yeah. Right. Now, I'm not great at boundaries. You know, I was to like 
preaching this, but I don't always follow. It is hard to do, but there definitely is a mindset shift of like saying, like you do your job well, right? If you do your job well, then you don't need to bend over backwards to accommodate and do meetings at, I used to do meetings at like 2 a.m. to accommodate clients when I was spending a lot of time in, in Asia. I would just stay up all night just to accommodate their schedules. Not that I expect them to accommodate mine, you know, but yeah. there's a middle ground there. Yeah. And you can sort of set up your life to account for that. And frankly, I think clients typically find it really interesting that you mm -hmm. travel. They're yeah. not like hating you. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a fear in the beginning, I feel. And then you realize yeah. that it makes you interesting and maybe makes you stand out and more memorable in some ways. And then you can get more business in, in, in some cases because of that. Uh, what you guys are talking about with routines is uh, there's an element also of just protecting your time, right? Like you were saying, Jeremy, if you have the sacred time before you do the emails or like Kelly, the sacred time in, in that particular case was Thanksgiving, right? It's like, I, we need these days to, to be together and to have this family thing. And uh, that is that is huge. Again, not easy to do. Not easy to say I'm not going to check my email to one o'clock and actually not check it, <laughs> right? But um, you, just one other thing I had about routines that I always loved when I was living the nomad lifestyle was it's not that I didn't have routines. It's just it was just that they were always changing, or maybe the scenery around them were changing, right? So if I took a morning walk. That morning walk was, you know, sometimes it was along a beach somewhere in whatever, California. The next time it was through an old village, it was still the morning walk, but it was it was always changing instead of when you're at home and, and the same routines can kind of, yeah, the days can just go because you're kind of keeping the same routines and seeing the same things. But when you're on the road, you're not seeing the same physical surroundings, which is kind of you nice know, and exciting. This reminds me of... Uh a workshop that I sort of an online workshop that I attended a while back. I think it was through LI and I think it was Heath and he was talking about his morning routine. Now Heath, I don't think is nomadic. He does travel and he works for himself. Yeah. Um, but he has like, he was going through this morning routine he, he has, which must have taken five hours. It was so <laughs> much. There was so much that he did every morning. And I was like, how the frick do you do this every day and do right. anything else you know and how do you do that if you're in a couple I, I just can't imagine that much alone time um and also like it would have been impossible he was like light your candles you know make sure your space has like a mandala hanging behind you and you know make sure there's a bowl of water that you could dip your fingers in and all wonderful i'm sure but i was like i'm not gonna carry a mandala blanket and a you know candles with me I, I have a backpack you know you just like have to let go of some of that and i think that there's a lot of talk in like side hustle space about morning routines and routines in general and i i you know i'm all for them, they're important, but they aren't always conducive to a lifestyle where you're not in your own space, you know, and where you only have one or two bags to keep all your belongings in. You just can't, um, you can't be rigid about it. You have to sort of go with where you are and what you can build out of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I don't know, this thing went viral 
a while back, maybe it was a couple years ago. It was Mark Wahlberg's daily exercise routine. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Have you, did you hear about it? <laughs> I think I remember uh, something about it. Was it like three hours long or something? It, it, what was it? All right, so I just found it on Reddit. It was well, I, I don't know if it's exactly right because you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it was something like this: it was waking up at two thirty a.m., praying, right. <laughs> work out twice, play eighteen holes of golf, hit up the cryo chamber, in bed by seven thirty, or or something like that. Oh. It, it was like he, he was getting up at like two thirty. It was like really. I mean, I guess, I guess he is. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to Mark, Marky Mark. Yeah, <laughs> and he, uh, but, yeah. all right so yeah routines number four let's move on uh we got we got three more left i guess yeah we got three more yeah these are great this one's all jeremy yeah thank you thank you number five here this is something that i heard uh mentioned on uh a blog by a guy named k he k h e uh h y is his his name two words um and he writes a blog called Rad Reads, which is probably easier to, to remember and find. Uh, and so he mentioned this concept of having a personal operating system, which I've since see, uh, seen other people talk about as well. But it's basically uh, a lot of teams will use this as a way to understand like how different team members can like best be worked with. And so you can like say like, okay, here's how I prefer to communicate. Here's you know if you're giving me feedback, this is the best way I receive it. All these things. Um, but I've been more interested in thinking about it in terms of the kind of personal life side of things. And if you um, understand how you operate best, that you're going to be able to kind of more consistently tap into that best version of yourself. And so at first I was thinking about all these different ways of like, okay, like what, what is it, what do I need to feel good? Like, what does my space need to be like? Um, what kind of like influences or inspiration do I need around me? Like, how do I come up with ideas? Like, what are all the inputs that I have control over that will shape my experience? And then more recently, I've been thinking also about it from a travel angle of, understanding like what types of environments or cities uh, are, you know, do you function best in? Or is that even a city or is it somewhere rural or or all these different types of things that like shape your travel experience and looking at those high leverage things of like where you choose to live, like whether that's city, country, region, geography, or even like neighborhood. And so for Kelly, one of those things is like having a coffee shop within such and such distance. Um, for me, like when we're doing, I'm like a fanatic about getting my 10,000 steps every day. And so one of the things I actually like having a co-working space that's farther away that forces me to get those steps. Oh, drives me crazy. <laughs> drives me crazy. I want to roll out of bed and walk to the co-working space right next door. And Jeremy wants it to be at least 20 minutes away. I can't yeah. handle it. <laughs> but uh, I, I think like no, knowing those things for yourself and and being able to like have a list of like, okay, these are the things in a given location that I know I have the best experience when I have these things or, um, and so those, they can be physical and lo- location related, but they can also be kind of like in the content you consume and how you structure your day. And like, you know, do you have date days on Thursday? Like so many of these things can actually roll up into this idea of like, just knowing what it takes for you to be happy and like have ideas and be inspired and do your you know best work and, and just feel good about life. And so, uh, yeah, I, I've been thinking about a lot of this and just jotting down notes. I've got like a running document in uh, in Notion going of like, okay, here are all the things that I know will, you know, lead to positive outcomes for me. And if I can, you know, control these things and whether that's 
that's by choosing locations or structuring my time or, or whatever that is, or listening to specific podcasts or reading blogs or, or not listening to any anything and like, um, and not listening, consuming content, then I'm going to be, you know, happier and, and healthier. And um, this is so funny, because when Jeremy wrote this on the list, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's you could take this one. But I am so on this. But I don't call it a personal operating system. It's just my like demands. <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever we pick a neighborhood to live in, like, or an apartment, you know, uh, if we're like renting on Airbnb or like we found this place on, I don't know, a, a Serbian local, local rent, yeah, rental apartment website rental place. Thing. Like, I care much more about the space I live in than Jeremy ever did, mm-hmm. right? For Jeremy, the space we lived in was just kind of like, whatever, let's just go. It's, it's affordable, yeah, you know. place to sleep. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And I was like, no, it needs to have like a cozy couch and it needs to have a kitchen that doesn't remind me of that crappy college apartment that I had hmm. back in the, you know, early 2000s. Like, it needs to feel like I could live here and be happy living in this space, right? So like for me, that's a part of my personal operating system, right? I need the coffee shop. I want, I, I for a while I was running. So I wanted like a space, like a park nearby that I could run in. Um, and it's so funny because whenever we would like pick the next place we were gonna go to and pick our apartment, I was always the one who was like, no, we can't stay there because there's not X, Y, Z. And, you know, whereas you were just always much more passive about it. Yeah. But now you understand. Yeah. Me. That was my personal operating <laughs> system. Okay. There you go. The it all came full yeah, exactly. circle. Yeah. You just needed to, just needed to put a write the code in a different way. And, <laughs> exactly. And uh, <laughs> present it to Jeremy. No, that's great. I mean, we can boil this one down maybe to know thyself in some ways. Know yeah. thyself. Would that be yeah. fair? I, I think a lot of times you need to actually have a lot of experience before you can That's know true. what that is. So you like need to live a bunch of places to see like, oh, I didn't like that about that place. And I did like this about this place. This is a common thread. Yeah. So I think it can be kind of hard to come up with some of those, especially in a travel context uh, of more like living in different neighborhoods and locations. Um, but I think a lot of the things that are in your day-to-day life, the inputs and, and out, out, the outputs they create, those are things you can find out on your own. And then there's the other things that you just need to go try a bunch of stuff and see yeah. what actually sticks with you. And I think if you're in a couple situation, you have to be able to communicate why something is important. I think the the co-working space thing for uh, like the distance yeah. was always an issue for me and always an issue for Jeremy. And <laughs> Until I was, so I had torn my shoulder last, a couple years ago, and I, part of the problem was I was carrying my backpack, and it had heavy stuff in it, had my laptop in it, and, you know, a bunch of, like, my work stuff in it, and to walk every day for an hour with a heavy backpack on is, like, not great for your back, and to heal, you know, and so, like, I needed to be able to say to him, this is why this doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. It's not just a preference, like, I'll hurt myself or, yeah. you know, and then I'll just complain a lot about my stupid shoulder. And after we had that conversation, it was much easier for us to like negotiate that. Now he can take a walk whenever he wants. It doesn't have to be to and from the co-working space, you know? Yeah. Um, right. So we yeah. sort of like find the common ground there. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, there's so much awesome stuff here. I- I'm tempted to dive into the, cause this really kind of 
matches up a bit with destination talk, but I'm not going to go there yet because I know we got two more <laughs> on the list and we can talk about we'll get destination. There, we'll get there. So we'll let's, get to, these. let's get we'll to these last work. two so we can ask you about Edinburgh and Columbia yeah. and all these other places you've lived. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, so this one is um, to acknowledge when it's work time versus when it's travel time. So right now, the both of us have a lot of projects going on. Jeremy's planning a launch. I'm sure maybe he'll talk about it. I don't know. I'm, I've got a bunch of projects like work projects and a couple personal projects happening and i'm just, we're all both super focused on work right now we're not we are intentionally not like doing a bunch of exploration sightseeing, sightseeing. Yeah. we're using and we love belgrade this city is cool it's real cool i think um and we'd love to spend more time here but we've just kind of turned off that part of our life right now and are just focusing on work and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think like we kind of talked before, this could also be tied down to the daily level of like knowing when it's work time and when it's um, and when it's not work time. But I think yeah, what, this one is also more important, a more of a separate point when you're thinking about it in the big picture. And like we've definitely had some places where it's been unfortunate where the entire time we were there, and this is especially true when we've only been somewhere for you know three weeks or a month, where the entire time was a work time, and yeah. so we really didn't see anything. And sometimes that kind of sucks, and sometimes it's still you still end up having great memories there, and it ends up being one of those places where, oh man, like like Istanbul, we, we did see quite a bit. We never got to see anything outside of Istanbul in Turkey, mm -hmm. but we explored the city quite a bit. But that was a super heavy work, work time, yeah. couple of months that we were there, and really it was like evenings or when we'd go for dinners because we were just working till super late at night and a few you know weekend days um, but yeah we, we did work most of the time but we still had an amazing time there and like looking back on it, it was like oh yeah I remember I was working on this thing at the time yeah. or whatever it was and then other times have been you know more more travel focused um, and we haven't had anywhere that's been just like 100% travel focused. Yeah in, I don't in think we've had a vacation. But I think like what we have done in usually in most countries, we try and do this where we at least take like a long weekend and maybe we still work a little bit. Like we did this mm -hmm. in Portugal when we went to Porto for four oh, or five yeah. days. And like we worked a little bit, but it was like, you know, three hours on, on Friday and maybe a few hours on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we went back to Lisbon where we were staying and we took Saturday, Sunday mostly off. And so that was kind of like our like mini, mini trip that was you know, we still did a bit of work because it was still work days. We weren't taking it entirely off. But the focus for those, that chunk was like travel and yeah. um, new things. Yeah, I think there's a tendency to think that, you know, if you're nomadic, you're sort of perpetually on some kind of vacation, which is, you know, I guess that's a fair <laughs> guess, but it's really not true. You have to schedule a vacation. If you're going to, yeah. if you want that kind of experience, like relaxing and traveling, you just take the vacation and you say, I'm not working yeah these, right, these dates right. to these dates you know and we haven't been real great at it but no um i think it's harder to schedule a vacation when you're are traveling full-time because you're kind of like you feel guilty about it and you're like yeah. well aren't i already kind of like doing this or like right. do i need that right um, yeah but so then you go like years without years, taking like three years we haven't really like, yeah when we've taken vacation it's been for conferences and things like that oh that's right which yeah. like some of them like world domination summit like they're not work conferences right. they're fun but they're also exhausting yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're totally behind. Yeah. The last vacation I took was before I met you. Is that? Yeah. I went to Malaysia for 10 days. Wow. 10 days I didn't work. Crazy. Take a vacation from the vacation. No, I, I, yeah, I exactly. like what you guys said. The I think the word you used right in the beginning was acknowledge. Acknowledge when it's yeah. mm -hmm. work or travel time. And I think that's, 
yeah, it, it comes back to the mindset, right? You're giving yourself permission to not feel those guilty feelings of like, oh my gosh, what, like, how do we know if we're ever going to be in Istanbul again? We're totally missing this. Yeah. We're spending all of our time in front of our laptops. This is stupid, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, I know some people might be listening thinking, oh, it's this hashtag first world problems or whatever. But <laughs> For sure. it, it, it is real though. When you're out there doing it, you know, and you want, you love travel. I mean, people that are listening to the show right now, they can relate to that. I mean, you love to travel. You, you're like, you, you're out traveling because you don't want to just be in one place. You want to go see things. So obviously that desire means that it's going to battle with the other responsibilities that you have, right? If you just wanted to work all the time, you could just do that at home and not have to worry about yeah. the travel part. But but you know, one yeah. of the the sort of nice little side elements to that is that, or what I try to tell myself anyway, is when I'm in a city that I'm just working all the time, I am living my life like everyone else in that city. I'm, That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it gives you a, the perspective of like living in a place in a way right. versus being a tourist in a place. Like when I, I lived in New York for a while, I didn't like go to the Empire State Building ever, right. ever, right. you know, I mean, I think once <laughs> I went there, like you don't, when you, when you live someplace, you're not a tourist there. You're not. You every go to weekend. work and you do stuff you after work. You go to work, work and, and you yeah. exactly. And so that's kind of like whenever we're in work mode, that is, you know, we just have a normal life like mm-hmm. everybody like, else. Yeah, we're just living here now, and this yeah, is what we exactly. do. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice, healthy way to think about it. I think yeah. instead of kind of longing for the the just the full on travel experience, because when you've had that, you also know how enjoyable that can be when you're just. Yeah. You know, traveling without the responsibilities and everything like that. But, yep. uh, but yeah, living like a local, essentially yep. embracing that. Exactly. That's cool. All right. We're, we're on to okay. the last one here. The final one. Final. Okay. So this is our favorite. That's why we kept it for last. It's our favorite, okay. favorite thing ever mm. in the history of everything we've ever done. <laughs> it's a lot oh, of hype. Boy. Yeah. Here what it a, is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we call it memories and we do this. We have a, a, a set of documents that we will have a little date, the two of us, where we will sit down and we'll pick a place that we've been, usually like two or three months, sometime After in the past leaving. six months, right? Yeah. And we'll pick that place and we'll just write down every memory that we want to make sure that we keep, right? This so, is and so cool. <laughs> it's our favorite thing. And we'll end up with a hundred things on that list for yeah. that one city. And mm. so even if we take a little side show, we were in Lisbon, we went to Porto for a weekend. We have a separate document for Porto that has just lists every, it lists the wine at that one place that was by our apartment. And we'll look it up and make sure we remember the name of that place. <laughs> and I have a picture of the wine, but like, we will just de- make a detailed list of all of our memories. And number one, it's just so fun. And it reminds you of all the you know, great times and, and the great little spots you found and the weird people that you meet and, you know, it's just fun to do, but then also like it's fun to look back at. And then you have yeah. this like trove of memories that you, whenever so you're cool. having a crap day, you can like go back and look at how you You lived. guys do that one, would you say once a month or so? Or? No, when do we do that? Well, I guess it's- It's, it's not scheduled. A, as, we've, as we've stayed longer in places, we do it less frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we'll, yeah, usually, you know, we'll be in a place we, this year we've been doing three months at a time. And so then sometime, you know, maybe two months after that, then we'll do all the memories for that place. And like sometimes, like we just did Portugal or we've been chipping away at Portugal, but we had a lot of weekend trips that were kind of felt like their own thing. So we did a bunch for, we've been going through those one at a time. But sometimes if we're like in one place, we only did one weekend trip and it wasn't 
that didn't feel separate that'll all be included yeah, in it yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah i feel like there's something about the reflecting on it um and i mean most of the things that we include on these lists i don't they're not like peak experiences no, they're, they're things we would never remember if like right. a year from now or, right. or 10 years it's, from it's now the if beautiful we mundane small yeah. moments right yeah, yeah exactly and like all the people you met that's like that's what you can have like really close friends in a place but then you meet new people in the next place and you uh, you know a year goes by two years go by and you forgot the names of the people you hung out with and uh, maybe not like the closest people but like in lisbon there was a group of people who uh, i went and did like poker nights with and i can remember like one or two who i like hung out with more so than others and then there's the kind of background characters who like they were like really odd quirky funny interesting people that i would forget about if i didn't write it down in the memories and be like oh yeah that person was so weird and he like won at <laughs> poker that night and like or whatever <laughs> right yeah that, that's it's cool so fun. i love that that's so fun what a i mean so much value in this list you guys and i mean i think this is super valuable for anybody whether you're just thinking about living a nomadic lifestyle like this or you're just working from home or you're just starting out or you've been doing it for a while because I know I've been doing yeah. this for a while and just hearing you guys talk about it, some of this stuff I've tried before and it's a reminder, some stuff I'm actively trying, but maybe you're giving me a little bit of a fresh approach on it and some completely new ideas like the the memories idea, for example, and uh, maybe like having the date day or building in some more rituals. Awesome stuff here. I should recap this really quick. And, and I, since you just all listened, you'll you'll know what each of these are, but we'll just run through. Number one was rituals. Number two was not planning. Don't plan in everything you want to do. Set yourself up for disappointment that way. Uh, number three, def- having a defined workspace. Number four uh, was routines, embracing routines. Number five, know thyself or uh, figure out what your personal operating system is. Number six, acknowledge when it's work or travel time. And number seven, memories. Well, uh, 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 Kelly, you were an opera singer. Maybe you could. I'm not doing it. Old past life. Sorry. I didn't, didn't think so. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's talk about some of the places you've lived. I want, I want to hear a few of your favorite places that you've spent time and why. And, and maybe how that, you know, since you were living there, for an extended periods, you know, you weren't just passing through what made sort of like daily life there special. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks So they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? 
Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. You oh, want to lead us off? So this is always like the hardest. Yeah. The hardest. Um, so the one that comes to mind initially, and I, we didn't plan this one out, so I'm just, we're just going to say what comes to yeah, just, yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, I We were in Prague for three weeks, and it was the best food I've ever had in my life. Really? It was like a meat eater's heaven. It was the best. <laughs> best food and I had been there once before and and remembered it for the food but I thought it was kind of a fluke and then we went back and it was just so mm. great it's a great city it's a great city but man the food is so good there I'm pretty mm. sure we both put on about 10 pounds in that three <laughs> weeks but, you know so I can't re recommend it to like live there um yeah. but yeah Prague for food yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been to Prague, I think three times and always like always for short stays. That was the yeah. longest. Uh, I don't think we were even there three weeks. I think no, it was like it might have been a week than that. or something. No. Like anyway. Oh, yeah. It was like 10 days. Anyway, yeah. food, food for Prague. Yeah. Prague uh, for food. Yeah. I feel like uh, for me, we, we've talked about Edinburgh a bunch already. And I think that's because that's the longest we've ever stayed anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you might have stayed cumulatively in Chiang Mai or, or places like that. Yeah. For that amount of time but we were there five months and so it was really like living somewhere mm -hmm. um, and we had a very unique experience where the pandemic had just broken out then and that's actually why we kind of just hunkered down but like that was pretty incredible just thinking about normally the old town would just be packed with tourists and it was you know a ghost town like yeah. almost literally like the fog like eerie so eerie, eerie. Like, yeah the, the fog and the gloom kind of around yeah. all these old buildings and you can't see the tops of them and there's just nobody on the streets um and so it kind of felt like you had the whole city to yourself um so that was a really really cool experience there but i've been to, to edinburgh before as well and, and really loved it and and scotland as a whole i think there's especially if you love the outdoors um there's so much to to see there in the highlands mm. as well and so music yep and yeah, and music as well. Um, and yeah, well, and the other interesting thing is like we would have been, we were there probably right around when the Fringe Festival would be happening, which yeah. was like hundreds of thousands of people, I think, yeah. if not more come to the city every year. It's the, the biggest uh, Fringe Festival in the world. And it was, yeah, just like nobody, no tourists. Uh, so we had a really unique experience there. Yeah. But um, I would recommend going anytime. Uh, we really love the... Balkan Baltics. Baltics. The yeah. Baltics. We were in Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. We did a month, right month around a each. month in each place. Yeah. Um, and those those had been countries that were like, for us, had been an unknown spot on the map. Kind of, it was yeah. like what we'd been to a lot of Europe already, and we're like, you know, we don't really know much about these countries. I wonder what they're like. Um, and so we had just kind of had that curiosity, and so planned a, a three month. This was kind of the start of well, what has ended up being a much longer trip or away yeah. from uh, North America than we had initially planned. But kind of started off this latest Europe uh, leg of our our travels, and yeah, we we loved all of them. They were all very different. Mm -hmm. um, we were in. Uh, where were we first? Oh, wait. So, so let's see. First, remember. we were in, uh, we started in Lithuania and Vilnius. In Vilnius, 
which was like a very like small city kind of vibe, like pretty, yeah, very like quiet. And then we were in Riga, which had just amazing architecture, old town, like unlike anything I'd seen in, in like in terms of European architecture, very like fairy tale almost. Fairy tales. And we were there amazing. for Christmas. The Christmas market was right outside yeah. our door. So great. And then Talon was like this mix of like new and old, very like it's a tech yeah. hub. It's um but also got a really great old town and, and just this eclectic mix of architecture and creative stuff. And... Yeah, I think what I liked about that area was number one, like the language is bonkers for an American. <laughs> like you I mean languages, there's you know, they all speak their own language, but um you just have no hope. Yeah. <laughs> There's mm. just no hope of trying to to pick <laughs> right. it up in a in a month, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. you just feel totally out of sorts in like a really cool way. But people generally are really sympathetic to that. I like, think they're proud of how hard the language is. I think so. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a bit of that. And so you know, I mean, you don't. And they're they are places that are fr friendly to tourists, you oh, yeah. know. So you don't feel yeah. like. Uh, alienated or anything but um it mm. truly feels like a different place you're in a different place you know sometimes when you're in europe like if you go to berlin you feel like you're in berlin but everyone's speaking english to you all the time and so you just kind of it feels a little less i don't know new or different mm -hmm. from your own experience so there was that um and also it gets dark there at like three <laughs> in the afternoon we were there in winter time in estonia especially yeah. And so that was something I'd never experienced before that I'm sure mm. you've experienced this in Norway, right? <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, the long, <laughs> what is that? The long winter's yes. night or something, I don't know. But yeah, that was like another sort of disorienting thing where you just really feel like I'm in a different place. I am mm. somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. How so. do you guys decide how long you're going to stay or where you're going to go next? What dictates all that? I'm sure it changes for a variety of reasons, but just generally, yeah. like, how do you guys even know where you're going next after Serbia? Well, it's kind of structured around when we have to be back in North America. So if there's a conference or like, I don't know, a wedding, a wedding or something like that, we know when we need to be back to be there for that stuff. So, <laughs> so we don't really think of our... T travel time as trips but kind of they kind of do they kind yeah. of are chunked into like six months at a time or four months and i don't feel like any of those like quote-unquote trips have ever like they're always contained within a continent and then we'll go back yeah. to north america and then we'll go to a different continent yeah i mean so i have in i think this is your fault jason um i think you you sent out an or an email or some something maybe in the slack channel for li about uh, some article that you'd read about air travel and how terrible it is for the environment. And I was like, damn it, Jason, <laughs> now I have to feel guilt about flying. That's my life, you know? And so since then, I have really tried to like not fly that much, yeah. you know? So I think in the past couple years, we've flown just to the place and then we strictly take trains yeah. or, you know, a car as much as we can. So we want to stay in the region. We're not hopping around yeah. nearly as much as I used to fly once a month, new, you know, where's the cheapest place to, yeah. you know, where can I get a cheap flight or I'm going, you know, and now we just sort of try to stay in a region. Yeah. And I think like that, I've always liked that kind of overland travel, like getting yeah. to see the landscape change from one place to the next. That's yeah, you, you kind of get a sense of the broader area rather than just like showing up in an entirely new place with no kind of context. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. for this Europe leg this past year, 
we were we knew we we had like six months i think so we were like okay we want to go to the baltics because we haven't been it was new for both of us that's the other thing is what's new for both of us or what's a place that if it's new for the other one the other one wants to go to again you know so we said baltics okay we have three months there and then we had a house sit in england yeah right and so so what are we going to do for three months there were three countries in, in the Baltics. Am I right about that? Say yes. uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how okay. they define them, but I think it would be those okay. three. Yeah. Yeah. So we just chunked it up three, you know, yeah. a month in each. So you're just yeah, kind of going with the flow based yeah, on yeah, sort yeah. of these big rocks you have planned out, whether it's a house sit or a wedding yeah. you got to go to or something like that. That That's nice. I, I'm with you guys on the sort of the slow transition and, and staying regional. It's pretty cool to just kind of travel around yeah. like that and. Yeah. It gives you context it too. Yeah, you know? it's kind of nice to see the places that are very similar in some ways and different in other ways. And the connections, like the Baltics are all like, there is a shared identity, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of differences. And like um, Estonian, well, like even. the language is very different from like Latvian and Lithuanian are very similar. And Estonian is much, feels much more like Finnish almost mm-hmm. um, with a lot of like double vowels and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And it just looks different. And so kind of there's this larger shared identity and a lot of common history with how they fit into the USSR. But then there's also these distinct differences among each of them. Yeah. Well, and, and here in the Balkans. Yeah. Balk, we're in the Balkans now, right? Yeah. God, I always mix those up. Um, you know, there's definitely like a regional history and a regional trauma yeah uh, you know from the 90s but also there are very specific cultural differences and uh one might say conflict i guess well, yeah between... like yeah we're in serbia right now and we were out for drinks with our landlady yesterday and she was asking what our plans were next and we were saying um oh well we're kind of thinking of going to albania next and she kind of like was quiet for a bit and then she's like oh our enemies and we were like oh did we just (laughs) well that just went south pretty quick (laughs) yeah yeah and you feel sometimes you feel like okay i went to europe i understand it and then you realize there's so many different little shades of you know within that Mm -hmm. region right and so it's nice to be able to kind of move slowly around one area that normally people think of as one thing mm-hmm. and to kind of get the, I don't know, get a vibe. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Travel's always an excuse, at least has been for me. It's like, you know, probably not going to sit down and study Estonian history, right. for example. Yep. But yeah. if you're going there, you start to learn about it and then you start to understand what that means regionally and what that might mean to them. And, and yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating because it just allows you to deep dive into something that's, you probably wouldn't do in your free time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, just well, out. and then, and you eventually start to connect the dots between places, yeah. you know? I mean, when, the way we were taught, or I was taught, history was just so, like, siloed, these weird, like, I don't even remember it because it didn't connect in my mind to anything. And so now, traveling, you sort of can see, like, World War Two from all these different angles that aren't American angles, right. you know? Like, I never would have thought about the experience of, you know, whatever country in World War II, because that's not the main country that they talk about in your history lessons. But there's still fallout and there's still history there. I remember the one for me was 
Yeah, the one for me that was the most obvious example of that was being in Vietnam and hearing it referred to as the American War. Yeah. And I was like, wait, it's not called the same thing? And then I was like, oh, of course it's not. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they call it the American War in Vietnam right. yeah. instead of the Vietnam yeah. War. What a shift, yeah, it's, right? Yeah, it's powerful. I, I, I have a question that ties in with that uh, when we wrap up. But I first, I, we didn't really get to talk too much about your businesses, but maybe you can remind everybody where where they can find you. And, and Jeremy, I know you got something exciting coming up at the time of this publication so yeah share yeah. away okay so i'll go first because jeremy's is more interesting i think <laughs> uh yeah i'm a i'm a web designer and a graphic designer and i do brand strategy and fun things like that um and i'm at kelly claus creative claus like santa c-l-a-u-s kelly like kelly uh yeah i'm there i'm on twitter some which is claus i said so that's my handle yeah. is your dad's name really santa because i read that on my, my your... dad i thought you would have known that yeah my dad's name is really santa he was born with that name that's um, that's... that is his name <laughs> a whole story in itself yep that's it <laughs> yeah uh yeah and uh, all my stuff uh my company is called counterweight creative and uh like jason mentioned at the start uh, we do podcast production and really with a focus on the strategy behind podcast marketing and growth and all those things because a lot of people start shows and uh, give up fairly quickly when they're not seeing results and so we try to help people uh, avoid that trap and um yeah i am running a if for anybody who has a podcast already and is looking to monetize it I'm running a uh, free five-day workshop on podcast sponsorships. Uh, and that's coming up, going to be shortly after this episode goes live, I believe. Um, but you can find all the information on that at counterweightcreative.co slash zero to travel, all spelled out. And you'll also be able to find everything else about me there. I'll have links and resources and you can see uh, all the ways to connect with me there. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you guys both do amazing work. And if anybody wants me to invite both you guys back or individually and do some more shows on like i've never really done a show all about podcasting maybe it's not tr totally travel related but we could do that or something about branding and, and websites and things because i know a lot of people are looking to do these types of things in order to live the travel lifestyle so yeah. if that's going to be helpful to anybody listening then yeah shoot me an email let me know because you're becoming a web designer it's the only reason yeah. i'm traveling right i mean there's there's so many ways to do it now and it's uh it's just yeah it gets me excited yeah. to talk to you guys and just hear about the way you've been living and these tips were incredible because the, it's really important to to know this stuff when you get out there because you you really need to have the balance otherwise it's it's it could like anything else it might not be as as enjoyable of an experience at, at times or maybe a lot of the time it's 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 a bit of an art to take your work on the road and figure it all out in a way that you don't carry it with you all the time and get overstressed mm -hmm. yeah. overworked all that kind of stuff are do you guys have any plans of stopping the nomad lifestyle anytime soon that just mm -hmm. curious yeah, we've been talking about it um we've been talking about settling down in uh berlin uh, this is a somewhat recent development. Yeah. Um, our, our plan is to kind of go travel there for three months and live in three different neighborhoods and scope it out and see like, is this somewhere that we'd really be be happy longer term? And then we'd need to get probably out of the, the Schengen area in Europe for another three months. And then if, if we decided on a, a place that we liked, then we'd move there on a probably like a test, like one year basis yeah. and see like, you know, staying well, here. Well, visas are also, we have to apply for right. a visa and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was interesting during COVID, um, you know, we, 
obviously like everyone, we're forced to stay still for what feel feels like the longest time. Five months is so <laughs> right. long for us. And um and I kind of loved it. Yeah, I was, it was really nice. yeah, it was really nice. And I didn't realize that I missed I, I was kind of one of those nomad types who was like, why would I ever slow down? This is awesome. You know, I just don't need it. I've always been a person who wanted new stuff, you know, new new experiences. And so um, I kind of uh, I was really surprised by how much I really loved having a, a space that was ours and, and not to have to figure everything out again. Every time you go someplace new, you have to figure everything out again. And so it was just nice to kind of that whole, it, even if that's fun, it's a, still a stressor mm -hmm. in a way. And to not have that was really nice. So then we just started talking about, um, you know, what would it look like to be still for longer, you know, for maybe like to have a home base that we we could come back to. Also, our apartment in Edinburgh was so great, but also didn't have a couch. Mm. So we constantly no. were sitting yeah. on separate chairs, which <laughs> right. sucks, you know. And so we started talking about furniture a lot. And we bought yeah. so much art in Edinburgh. We bought art in Edinburgh. We shipped it all home. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. we were just like right. kind of getting into that mode of like making a home. Nesting. Was, yeah. 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 And it started to Taking sound it fun. one like, step what? at a time. Buying a little art. Yeah. You know, thinking about <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now yeah, it's well, almost a year later and we're still thinking about it. Yeah. But right. Yeah, it's in the plans. But of course, things that are going on in the world impact that as well. But it, I mean, yeah. Berlin's not too far from Norway. I hate to say I would take a plane to come visit you guys but uh, <laughs> that would be super fun because I, I i will i'm gonna say here that i'll definitely come visit you guys if you live in berlin i've never been there and it would be really so cool. oh. yeah oh, i have great. not been there and i've heard so many awesome things everybody just raised you'd love it. it um that's a Jason so... place if there ever was one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i gotta unpack that question all right yeah. i don't know <laughs> i don't know what that means um all right so i wanted to ask you this is a little bit of a tough one to finish out but what is one of the most important lessons you've learned about yourself and humanity from living all over the world in the way you have you know what? This is like a question that people they ask, ask yeah. and I never have a good response. And like two weeks ago, I thought of like the perfect response and I forgot it. I was like, <laughs> that's it. That's how I need to answer that question every time. Like that, that sums it up. Um, I think for me, it's that it's, it's such a like personal experience. Almost it's like that whatever we say probably won't apply to anyone else. Mm. And that right. I think there's such a, there's so many cliches that are so, it's so easy to buy into them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you go travel and you realize that everybody's just the same. And That's it's like- That's not true. You can, you can kind of like shape your experience by putting all these things on it before you ever go and have it. And so I think that that's actually yeah. one of the big lessons is to not to just be aware, be aware of what the cliches are. And yeah, some of them yeah. are cliches for a reason because they're true. And some of them like are true for some people and not for you. And so I think it's really about like, I don't know, even like maintaining an open mind is a cliche. But I think that's one of those ones that is true. Like it's your experience is not going to be the same as anyone else's. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean it's going to be worse uh, while traveling. I, I feel like it's just. Yeah, th there is. It it's such a personal journey like in the end really all travel about to me is like a way to explore kind of myself i think uh, unintentionally like that's i mean that, i guess that's part of the reason why i wanted to start traveling but um i i just think like so much of what you can accomplish through travel you can also do at home almost as well by trying new things and meeting new people and going out of your comfort yeah. zone and that you don't like need 
to travel to have a lot of the similar like takeaways and experiences um but there yeah. mm-hmm. at the same time there are some things you can only get while traveling yeah i mean i think there's so much romance that is peddled around <laughs> travel and it can all be true i have found myself while traveling you know just like that eat pray love or whatever like yeah that stuff happens it does and it can be true and but I also feel like you make it what it is, you know, like if you're looking for a romantic experience, then you'll probably find it on some level, even in hindsight, if you're just looking to like get wasted and, you know, in <laughs> yeah. Cabo or something like then you'll do that too. Right. So like in that way, it's it a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I, th- I think you can also ruin it, though, with expectations yep. of like one, especially if you're I mean, most of our most of my travel inspiration came from reading books uh, and watching movies and things like that. Mm. And yeah, they never they never live up to it. it. I think actually a good analogy. I was going through a bunch of my old photos that I hadn't looked at uh, in years. And uh, I used to be much more into photography than I am now. But um, I was going back through all these photos from my early years traveling. And it's funny with this distance all my all the photos that I used to be like the most excited about that I thought these were like my best kind of creative work and they were the all all the like iconic places or things like that I was realizing that it was actually now like four years later it was all the ones that in between those kind of peak moments and peak images that are my favorites now they're like the little person the person on the street who I have no idea who they are or like there was a whole bunch of like animals and things like that that are not representative of any place it could be anywhere in the world but they like are the most meaningful to me because I remember that moment it was like when I like turned away from like the amazing waterfall or whatever it was that there was something else that's in an otherwise like bland kind of uh landscape or environment that was was the thing that sticks with me now and so I think that that's has kind of been my experience with travel too that like I, I think both of us have done a lot of the kind of like bucket list iconic things mm-hmm. and I don't think about those at all no. like I never they were cool to experience but they were so much more of like checking it off the list and all the things I remember most are these like funny little experiences the things we write down in our memories that are yeah. like stupid and silly and like not really worth remembering except yeah. they like made you feel something like, I feel in that like moment. if if like more than a couple people mentioned something to you like a place to see or a thing to do I, I kind of feel like skip it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just skip it. Cause like, I, I don't know. I mean, you do what you want, but okay. So here, this is a separate thing. Something that I feel like I have learned in different ways was when I first, t- I, I first took a sabbatical several years ago and it was like two months and I just backpacked around Europe. That's how I started traveling. And then I went back to my life and I worked and whatever. And then I, a year later, I, I started traveling full-time. So that sabbatical to me was the first time I had traveled solo. It was the first international trip I had taken in years and years. And it I felt like a speck of nothing. I felt like nobody gave a crap about me. Nobody knew where I was. I mean, nobody in the space. I knew back home people cared about me. But like being in Austria, nobody gave a crap that I was there. Nobody. And it, it was completely disorienting because I was the center of my world in my life in my mind anyway you know but like I had a really established life in New York and being out of that and being not important at all was just a really strange experience um and so 
I think there was something about that that just shifted stuff in my mind when I came back, realizing that I'm far less important than I <laughs> thought that I was. That was a really huge kind of experience for me. And now, I don't know if this is connected, but it feels connected in my mind. I have a really, um, I, I'm really aware of when I'm being intrusive and I try not to be intrusive in these places that I'm going. Uh, where where we stay because like i just they don't need me here you know what i mean like this city belgrade does not need me to be here it's nice that i come here and spend my money but like people are just living their lives they just want to live their lives without this person you know coming into it i don't know so i i'm not sure what i'm saying there other than like i have mixed feelings about travel honestly I feel like you learn a lot about yourself, but also you can do some damage to the places where you go if you're not careful. Yeah, that's I mean, that's been a, a trend we've heard. I mean, it, the, the interesting thing is like it, I have it from both sides with uh, coming from Vancouver, where I used to live and the the property uh, values there. And so much of it is driven by Airbnb. It's just like yeah. skyrocketing. And like when we were in Lisbon, Same, that yeah. was a huge thing that a lot of people were a lot of people who lived there for generations in the neighborhood we stayed in were being priced out. All the buildings yeah. were being bought. Because of us, into... really. Yeah. Because of people like us. And you that, know? yeah, makes you really think about where you stay and how you stay and mm -hmm. what you're contributing to uh, in the places mm -hmm. where you go. Yeah, I mean, I think, thanks for bringing that up. And I think it just comes back to being conscious of those things, right? It's it's tough because on the meta level, you can look at issues like that and they're so big. Mm -hmm. And then you can see your place in them and am I contributing to this or not? But then, you know, yeah. on the personal level, it's, of course, you're providing value by being there, right? It's just like a cultural sure. exchange. Like you get to meet people, they get to meet you and, and we get more connected as a, as humans around the world. I mean, I think of that yeah. on that like personal level, it's such a beautiful thing. And, but then there's all these other, you know, bigger issues kind of that you guys are discussing. So it's definitely complex, but I appreciate all of these perspectives. I feel like we have a lot more to talk about, uh, but I want to <laughs> respect your guys' time and we'll have to just maybe bring you on another time if you're cool with that and, and continue this yeah. conversation in another way. We'll have another um, longest episode of Jason's podcast ever. No, <laughs> this, this is, is the longest awesome. episode. <laughs> no, this is great. I mean, there's so much value here and I, I love chatting with you guys. I can't wait to see you again and hang out in person and, just stay safe out there on the road and uh, we'll be staying in touch, of course. And we already mentioned all the websites, but we'll put all the links in the show notes and Jeremy's workshop, of course, coming up. So if you're inter interested in podcasting, you should definitely attend that because he he's an expert. And yeah, I just uh, appreciate you guys' time. Thanks so much. And let's, let's do another one again soon, shall we? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Thanks so much all for right, having cool. us on. Yeah, bye, all Jason. Right. Take care. have it i want to say a special thanks to jeremy and kelly my good friends for stopping by they are always such a joy to connect with i cannot wait to hang out with them in person if you guys are listening can't wait to see you and wow right i told you some potentially life changing tips in there i just love some of the again those the, the only word i can think of are these counterintuitive approaches to uh, some of this stuff I and mean, some of it was things that I've done in the past, like having a defined workspace has really helped me. That's something I've, I've done in the past. It's very rare that I've 
gone someplace without doing any research or this whole memories exercise that they shared at the end where they sit down and, and, and share their memories with each other. I just think that's so cool. So my wife and I want to start doing that. I mean, you could do that at home, right? We have kids here. We're not traveling, but we want to remember some of the little things the kids are doing and the things that we're doing around here. And what a fun way to just sit down and kind of hang out and and relive some of that stuff. You heard them talk about it, and I just thought that was so cool and special. What, what a nice way to kind of either just bond with somebody, or, or if you're doing it, you can bond with yourself. You're doing it on your own, right? It's kind of like a nice, nice time you can, you can sketch out for yourself. So loved, loved, loved those tips. Thank you so much to Jeremy and Kelly, and, and can't recommend their work enough, too, if you're looking for a web designer or some podcast help or things like that. Go check out their businesses. They're they're great people. Thank you. Now, a couple things here. First, let's do a little shout out. You know I love to hear from listeners. That's you. And I love to share people's stories with everybody else in the listening community. And here's one from Caitlin. I have a few comments about this because she is doing what it takes. And you'll hear that in just a second. Listen to this message I got from Caitlin. Hey Jason, my name is Caitlin and I just wanted to come on here real quick and just tell you how much I appreciate you, um, you and Travis both. Um, I started listening to you guys in 2016 um, after a really bad breakup um, and that sort of inspired me to go on a, my three-week uh, backpacking trip through Europe with one of my friends. Uh, it was an amazing time um, and you know since then I, you know I've been listening listening to you, listening to Location Indie, um, and just becoming more inspired. You know, you've really changed my life, how how I look at the world, I think, my perspective on things, my priorities, um, you know, so much so that I've actually finally been able to quit my full-time job that I had for three and a half years, um, and now I'm transitioning to travel. So I actually, um, you know, sucked up my pride. I moved back in with my parents. Um, and now I'm saving money, trying to pay off some debt, and hopefully pretty soon um, I will be on the road with a, you know, my own business um, and marketing and events and virtual assistance. So yeah, I just wanted to come on here and let you know how grateful I am for everything that you do. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one. Congrats, Caitlin, and thank you for sharing. It's wonderful to get to feature you here on the podcast and you know, I got to give you some props here. You're doing what it takes, right? You got this debt, you move back in with your parents, not the thing that everybody can do or everybody wants to do, but it's an example of something uh, in your life that you're doing that's a sacrifice for travel. And I'm always, I shouldn't say I'm always surprised. I'm actually never surprised anymore about how much one trip can change your life. You mentioned the backpacking trip in the beginning and it all kind of started with that one trip, right? So if you're somebody that's listening and you haven't taken that one trip yet, or maybe you need your next version of that one trip because you used to travel and you've been working for a while and now you want to get back into it, whatever the case is, remember all it takes is one trip to kind of, I don't know, take in new directions, maybe discover new things about yourself. A lot can happen with one trip. The power of one trip is something I've been fascinated with lately. So anyway... Thank you uh, for sharing, Caitlin. And once again, congrats on all the stuff you have going on. And good luck. Before I forget a reminder, if you want to connect with other listeners, check out Premium Passport. Go to zero to travel.com slash 
Premium. It's a private podcast feed and community where you can connect with other listeners, get exclusive content, and support the show you know and love. I'm, I'm going to just assume you know it and you love it. I'm talking about this show here, Zero to Travel. I've been making this podcast for over seven years now. It's such a joy. And when you purchase Premium Passport, that's a way that you can give back to the show. But I also wanted to make something that you can get something awesome in return, right? A lot of value in return. And that's what you get with Premium Passport. So thanks for your support. If you're a member already and you're going to hit pause now and go sign up, thank you as well. And don't forget, I'm also putting a bonus episode in that I'm recording right after this. Inspired by the episode with Jeremy and Kelly, this bonus episode is going to be the 10 essential tools you need for remote work success. These are specific app and software service recommendations, things that I use and how I use them. I'm just going to totally riff on all this stuff and give you the key toolbox for remote work to, to add some more sanity to to Screenland, right? Because we're in Screenland and then we want to get out of Screenland so we can go and do cool things. So anyway, that's going to be a bonus episode in Premium Passport and you can get that if you join up as a member. ZeroToTravel.com slash premium. Thank you. All right, two more things. I want to leave you with a quote, but I also want to tell you about the quarantini. <laughs> I, you know, I thought of this quarantini idea today when I was making my my version of the quarantini. No, I'm not drunk. It's a non-alcoholic drink. I will tell you in a minute what it is. But uh, there's also an idea around this that I want to share. But I looked it up. I was like, yeah, I can't be the first one to have thought of that. Uh, Certainly, I, I, of course, Googled it. And there are plenty of quarantini cocktail recipes. And even in the Urban Dictionary, there's something that says, quarantini, a strong alcoholic beverage that is made when people are quarantined or otherwise locked up or trapped in a location for an extended period of time. Well, we were in fact in a waiting quarantine the last days because over at my kid's daycare, they thought there was a COVID outbreak. Uh, Just got word a few hours ago that there wasn't. But anyway, while we were waiting for the test results from somebody who goes there, uh, they uh, they cleared us. We're okay, but we couldn't really go anywhere. We're not really going anywhere anyway. But uh, this got me thinking about the the quarantinis I've been making, and really, uh, well, I'll give you the specific thing. So <laughs> I started buying whipped cream in a can, and now when I make my coffee, I add some whipped cream on top. Not all the time, but you know, maybe maybe one a day, maybe one every other day. It depends. And uh, I sprinkle some uh, some cinnamon on there, and then a little bit of chocolate sauce. Today was a new addition, <laughs> and it's not so much about the drink. I'm just wondering if you have your own version of this because, uh, for me, the concept is, hey, you know, we're not going out to cafes and and we're not going out to restaurants, and and, and maybe maybe that's starting to happen now a bit more with the vaccines and everything. But at least here, things are pretty locked down right now. And, you know, I have noticed over the last year, I've maybe upped my fanciness level, I suppose, with certain small things, whether it's just the meal or, like I said, the coffee drink. You know, you're not going to go out to a a cafe and get that kind of drink right now. Uh, Or at least I haven't been able to because everything's closed. So making it at home. You know, and there's some joy in that as well. It's like, well, I could have been doing this anyway. I didn't need a quarantine for uh, making a fancy coffee. But, you know, you find yourself when you're at home so much, you you just, yeah, you want to have maybe mini adventures, even if that's just uh, 
in in your beverage world, right? So has been my quarantini, I suppose, the uh, the coffee whipped cream deal. I wonder if you have one. I wonder if this is something you've been doing yourself. Hit me up. Let me know. You can always email me. You know where it is. Okay. Let me uh, flip through and grab a quote out of my drawer. It's going to be a random one. Okay. Let's see here. This is... From Yoga Vish Vashish. Oh goodness gracious. Yoga Vashishta. There we go. Who said the contented man who possesses nothing owns the world? Mm-hmm. Food for thought. Okay. Have a wonderful day, night, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for listening. Peace and love to you, my friend. See you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 